It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we're back to the Countdown to Kickoff series. We're on the Himalaya podcast app, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and more, as always. Today's episode brought to you in part by Blue Chew, as are they all. And yesterday, Joe, you remember this very well because it was yesterday. We had on Madden's Player Raider. Andre Weingarten, and that was a fun episode, so if you missed yesterday's episode, you're not listening every day, which I know some of you aren't, and I don't blame you, the middle of the last week before training camp, check out yesterday's episode if you want an insight into how and who Madden player ratings come into existence. We had we had the player raider himself, yeah, one of the two guys. Fun. Yeah. I had a good time with that, but... uh. You should, I, doesn't mean I remember it. I have I sh- suffer from short-term memory loss, much oh, like Dory. Go pump up our numbers and listen to yesterday's episode, Joe. <clears throat> That's exactly what I'll do. As many downloads as we can get. Uh, so today on the countdown to kickoff, the, the number on our countdown timer says 53. Curtis Aikens wears 56. That's where we left off. 55. And that's where we will start. 55, sorry. 55 is where we left off, and that's where we'll start. Big number, 55. That was obviously Vontez Perfect. Yeah, and, and now it goes to another undrafted free agent linebacker. Oh, I see where you're going there. Segway. I was going to say also Keith Rivers before that. Can you remember who wore it before Rivers? I can't. I, like I remember T- Tequila going... Spikes wore 51. I think Brian right. Simmons wore 54. 56. Oh, 56. I knew it was something adjacent to 55. Right. Uh, was it was it one of the Johnsons? No, Landon Johnson was 59. Was Brandon the, Johnson was 59. I'm sorry. There were a couple of Johnsons. Yeah. What about Caleb Landon Miller? and Brandon? What did Caleb Miller wear? I don't think 56. he was a 55. Yeah, it sounds. Right. I don't know. Do you know? Yeah. No, I don't. I, I this was just right off the top of my head just then because I. I Obviously, fifty-five Vontaze perfect for the last generation, but uh, or era, and then I thought, oh yeah, Keith Rivers wore it. The but last Rivers guy didn't before Burfitt, initially, right? What's that? Do you remember Keith Rivers? He wore a different number through camp, and then got fifty-five when someone was cut. He wore fifty-eight. It was Ahmad Brooks, I believe, ah. in two thousand seven, and before him, it was a guy named Marcus Wilkins who was on the team from two thousand four to two thousand six, when. I guess he shared the number with Frank Chamberlain. 
because probably didn't Chamberlain make the was entire on the injured reserve. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. The the last noteworthy Bengal that I that that, that I recognized that wore this number was Raynard Wilson. Okay, yeah. Ninety eight to two thousand two. Yeah, not bad. Or Renard Wilson. Renard Wilson, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, you were okay. I gave you, it wasn't your most egregious uh, pronunciation. It's not just me, Joe. Names are hard. They are. So we got Curtis Aikens then, undrafted free agent linebacker. Undrafted free agent linebacker from Memphis was the highest graded AAC linebacker, according to Pro Football Focus, that was draft eligible. Or maybe not even draft eligible. Might have been the highest draft. Right. Highest graded AAC linebacker, period. Has a pretty good tested speed. Ran a four five seven, which in most years would be pretty great for a linebacker. In a year where there's two guys that ran a four four, it doesn't stand out as much, but is generally speaking ninety plus percentile. Did okay for his explosion, had really bad agility testing, and is relatively small. He measured under six one and he's two hundred and thirty five pounds. So he's like the Devin Bush, Devin White we talked about for a while in terms of size, and he's got some straight line speed. Minus the agility, yeah. Right, and high-end production at big colleges. Yeah, minus all those things. I mean, I wasn't trying to compare him. I just remember the, the, some of the talk was, ah, the Bengals may see those guys as small. Yeah, and and they end up with a small one. But he's an un, uh, undrafted free agent where it's not, you know. Right, you don't hold not, that. There's no risk. Uh, Aikens was more productive as a run-stopping defender, generally speaking, in college and was hit or miss as a cover guy. But what really stands out for him looking at his PFF draft profile is he very rarely missed tackles. Once, probably every three games, he would miss a tackle. That's nice. And that's something definitely the Bengals defense can use after the last few years. But, uh, yeah, I think a- Aikens has a shot, especially as a special teams and that maybe that seventh linebacker that they keep. And when you talk about a guy that has good straight line speed and maybe st- struggles a little bit playing uh, in, in tight quarters, changing direction, special teams is, is a very good fit. He Perfect. was a, a five-year player at Memphis. He redshirted in 2014, started playing in 2015, and then started starting in 2016. And finally, uh, I think he was a full-time starter his senior year. Right. So he's got experience, but that also could lead to him being a little bit older, which may mean he doesn't have the upside traditionally. Right. He was a full-time defensive player in high school. A lot of the guys we've talked about played both ways. He was a Mississippi All-State player, as you expect you know, these guys to be. He had 28 tackles in one game in high school. Imagine that game, huh? If you're the running back or something, you got to be like, get this guy off of me. This is crazy. He has tackled me every single time I've touched the ball. <laughs> he, uh, he had 245 tackles his junior season. I mean, That's these amazing. are high school tackle stats, but come on. Still. That's a lot. Sometimes seeing high school footage of someone that's so dominant is... Funny and cool at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's very funny, I think. Right. It, yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah. So you do we any... have a prognosis for Curtis Aikens? 
No, I was just going to say that he's got a shot, and I just want to see him in an NFL atmosphere with NFL competition before we know exactly. I don't know how that bottom half of that linebacker unit's going to shake out. I do mm-hmm. think that's a position that could see a lot of turnover, and I think we've already started to see a lot of turnover. So, um, you know, finish it off would be through the preseason camp and then final cuts. And we've been waiting to see one of these undrafted linebackers. We talked about it a couple days ago. They haven't had an undrafted guy really hit for quite a while now. Especially at linebacker. It was perfect, but such a different type perfect was. You know, it's not the Rashad Genty or the Brandon Johnson. They haven't had these guys that have been able to come in and contribute out of nowhere, right? And that was kind of a a staple, I think, for Marvin Lewis for a while there. You, You mentioned Caleb Miller earlier. He was decent for one season. I mean, they they were able to find production out of these no-name guys for a while. And then the last few years, when the linebackers were really bad, they did not get that same type out of Hardy Nickerson. They thought they were, but they clearly weren't. Mm-hmm. Yep. But they kept running them out there. They did. So Trayvon, and others, too. So it's not just Nickerson. No, it, it isn't just Nickerson. It's, so Trayvon Tate, we talked about this when we were talking about uh, Nick Vigil, I think, a couple of days ago. He's one of three undrafted free agent linebackers on the team right now. I think he's the first one that we've talked about. Aikens has to be, right? For, from this year, anyway. We talked about Hardy Nickerson, yeah. So sure. next week we'll get to Sterling Sheffield, and then eventually there's one other one. It's got to be a guy in the missing. 40s. Low 40s, there he is. Noah Dawkins at the Citadel. Yeah, so small school guys, huh? Yeah. All right. So that that's it for Curtis Hakins? Yeah. I think the next number is the most fun number we can talk about, and maybe, this, maybe the entire series. At least today. I don't know about the entire series, because Anthony Munoz is a fun one. This is the most unique number, though, in terms of it's the it only is. retired number. It is the only retired number. We'll get there after the break. It's number 54. If you're a Bengals history buff, which we're not really, but we try then I'm sure you know all about this guy. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And we are back, segment two of the Locked On Bengals podcast with Jake and Joe. And we are on to our next number in the countdown to kickoff. It's a special number. It is the only number retired in Bengals history. It is the Bengals' first draft pick as a franchise. It's number 54, center Bob Johnson. And Bob Johnson has a retired number. We haven't done the the historical look back at numbers for a while now. So we're just going to go through some of the recent numbers that we've done. The countdown to kickoff has been interrupted by work schedules and special guests from time to time. So just going to take a quick look back here. And the the number that I want to start on is 62. And maybe we've done this one, but that was Dave Lapham. Nate Living's. Also, also Nate Livings. I was going for a different offensive lineman. Very important in the history of the Bengals. He was the first Bengal to wear 62 from 1974 to 1983. Really? 
And he's still around producing the only podcast that seems to have more information than we do on the Cincinnati Bengals because he's in the building. I like that. That's uh, that's so that's as cocky as you get, huh? Oh, I can do more. Did you, you didn't see my tweet yesterday. Somebody said the Athletics having a real good summer, and I was like, yeah, you know, the only people having a better summer is Locked On Bengals podcast. Can't really get better than those guys. Mm. That was, that, I see. That's I like cocky it. Flex. Yeah. Uh, nobody too huh? noteworthy looking back for, for me, for, for, for Jake, the not Bengals historian, looking at number 61. I don't recognize anybody there. Number 60, same deal. Uh, Langston Moore is the only name I recognize there. Sorry, what? Langston Moore. TJ Johnson. Moore 60? 61. I'm kind of oh, a little recent. bit behind here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 59, a linebacker number here. Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson and Landon Johnson. Both Johnsons. That's the confusion. Yeah. That's, that's where we're going here. Thanks, that's Ben. Remember guys. all the Johnsons they had during that time? Yeah. Rudy, Jeremy, Brandon, Landon. There's there one other, lot. right? Chad. Yeah. Jeremy Johnson. I said Jeremy. I forgot Chad. Okay. <laughs> Chad Johnson. He was good. He changed his name. It's not that's fair. Right. There's a bunch of Johnsons running around on the field. I loved it. It was fun. I'm sure you did. Okay. 58, Ray Maluga, Caleb Miller, bunch of guys. Bunch Nobody, of, like, stand out. Carl Lawson's going to be the standout 58. Yeah, he'll have to be. 57, similar deal. Donnie we Jones. talked about this one before we started recording. Yeah, Donnie Jones wore it. Vinny Ray wore it for a couple That's years. Right. He changed numbers. And did he? He did. He changed to 53. Oh. And, or wait, did he change 257 from 53? He had to have gone 257 from 53. I don't remember 53. Yeah. Maybe he only wore 53 in like the preseason or something. Sure. The Hottie Jones wore number 57 only from games 13 to 16 in 2007 because he wasn't on the team at the beginning of the year. Mm. Sorry, games 3 to 16. Right. And we're almost caught up here. Uh, just looking at 55 and 57 both feature Raynard Wilson. Did I get it wrong again? Renard. Renard Wilson. Dang it. Almost <laughs> got there. Anyway, 54, Bob Johnson is the topic for the next five minutes of conversation. Like Joe said, the only retired number in the history of the Cincinnati Bengals. Pretty good. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. He was considered um, the SEC's most outstanding lineman his last year in college at Tennessee. I wonder, and I asked this up before we started recording, I wonder how I can find, and if you guys have an easy way to find it, how many like career Bengals are in the College Football Hall of Fame? Are, is it like... You'd have to think a lot of these guys make it. I bet everyone is in a local or high school Hall of Fame. But I wonder how many are college Hall of Fame. I also wonder. I'm, I bet a listener out there can find this. I wonder, is it, you know, approximate value on, yeah. on pro football reference? Yeah. Can I filter this by position? Hmm. I or don't gonna be know really that you can. Hmm. Total seasons, combined season, single season. I don't know if I can. Maybe Does I'll they have his? That. Well, yeah, they have his average value, and he comes in at 
76. So I guess we could compare it to who's right. like Olin, Olin Kurtz. Olin, sure. Bruce Matthews. Bruce Matthews. Let's right. see where he compares. Compare to Hall of Fame type centers. Bruce Matthews, 210, so not close. Okay. But Bruce nope. Matthews played much, much longer. He's got to have one of the highest of anyone. I think Bruce he Matthews. does. The 210 is is easily, I think, amongst the the top. That's top 11 all-time. Bruce Matthews, number 11 all-time. Ahead of right. John Elway. Who's the center that just got in from the Steelers? Do you remember he was also an assistant coach for the Bengals in training camp a couple years ago? Mm, and it's it's missing. It's uh oh, I can't grab his name. Anyways, Bob Johnson though, he was the first player chosen by the Bengals in their initial season, and selected behind a Hall of Famer number one, Ron Yeri. He's also the highest drafted center, uh, and still continues to be this since 1939. That guy's name was what do you think this is? Kai K I K I. Kai Aldrich in 1939 was the highest center drafted. He must have been the first pick. Hmm. Yeah, it must have been, right? Has to be. Right. Got to be. So Bob Johnson retired in 1978, had his uniform number retired, and they asked him to come back in 79 because their center, Blair Bush, got injured, knee injury, and they needed him for, uh, they needed Bob Johnson for long snapping punts, field goals, and extra points. Yeah, they wouldn't. He, he didn't want to go out there. He's quoted as saying, I don't want to put my 220 pounds against Curly Culp any more than I have to. So he went back there. He was long snapping. Uh, he was referring to the 290 pound Houston nose tackle. He didn't uh, want to go out there yeah. against guys that has 70 pounds on I know him. Curly Culp is. Come on. That. You don't know who that is? You Our mentioned. Uh, might need. Yeah. I mean, our listeners are better historians than we are, but let's throw them on here. You don't know what Curly Culp is. But you mentioned uh, Dave Lapham, right, and how he is still working for the Bengals. But following his retirement as a player, Johnson worked as a color analyst on Bengals radio from 1981 to 1985. He also worked as a color analyst on some ESPN college football broadcasts in 79 prior to his return to the Bengals that year. So that's why he was down to 220. They got him listed at 265. Yeah. Lost some weight as as they do when they retire. Clint Bowling said, first thing he did his first day as a retired NFL player is he ate less. I imagine so. Yeah. Uh, Bob Johnson also played in the 1968 Senior Bowl. The South at the time mm-hmm. had won only two of their previous 11 contests against the North in the Senior Bowl. And Bob Johnson has a quote on the record saying, it's time for the South to win. And then they went on and won by two touchdowns that year. He also made the AFL All-Star team in 1968 as a rookie, which is pretty impressive. So let's talk about something controversial since we're talking about retired numbers for the Bengals and the fact that Bob Johnson's the only one. Bob Johnson is not the greatest Bengal of all time. Right. He does have the distinction of being the first Bengal drafted and the last original Bengal to retire. He made it, what was it, about 10 years, 11 years? Yeah. But... There are better Bengals in the history of the team. Oh, for sure. So why aren't they retiring more numbers? Why don't the Bengals do a lot of things to honor their greats? I think it's it's yeah. a, one, it's a slice of an entire pie of things they could do to honor the history and have some pride in their in their franchise history. Here are two guys, you and I, right, who love the Bengals, talk about the Bengals every day. And when it comes to current stuff, we can rattle off things that 
people don't even need to know. But when it comes to history, a lot of times we draw a blank. That shouldn't be that way. Do you think it's that way for other uh, teams that embrace their history and have these guys on, on a ring of honor around the stadium? You may look up and you may say, who is that guy? Who, yeah. who is Lewis Breeden? It should, yeah. I, I, shouldn't have to, I shouldn't be on Google because of it. I should know already. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it would be nice, especially for us, us young folk who don't know the storied history of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think for some of the teams that do it well, it's a little bit this is gonna this is gonna feel bad to say. It might be a little bit easier because they have Super Bowl winning teams. Well, my first experience going to a game was the Bills, obviously, and they um, haven't won the Super Bowl. Well, they've been the four, and it was in the '90s, so everyone was juiced up on Buffalo Bills pride. But the Bills have a very robust history, mm-hmm. uh, being one of the AFL teams and, and all that. But um, I remember as a kid, and this is, I guess, I'm I'm now starting to lean into more of a funny perspective of the story, but. They have a lot of names and numbers around their stadium and retired numbers, and they do it and with they they still hand out the numbers afterwards, but they still get their number and name up yeah, on the stadium, and, and they make a big deal out of it. And this is in the '90s, and I remember saying, seeing 32 O.J. Simpson, and being confused as a kid, and I remember asking the people I was with, "Why is O.J. Simpson up there?" <laughs> and I, that's when I learned that he rushed for a lot of yards in the NFL. He sure did. He, also, he was really good, but that's how you do it as a kid, right? I mean, that's how you learn. You see the name, you go, what is oh, that? What is that? Who I get that? you. I see the segue. Yeah. It's a good story. It wasn't just supposed to be an O.J. Simpson joke. O.J. Simpson has a Twitter account if you want to follow something <laughs> hilarious and like want to watch a train crash or something. Did you see him giving out fantasy advice? No. It actually wasn't bad advice. <laughs> I'm like, how long has OJ been playing? He was like, you, normally you want to take two running backs. I don't think it's this year. You think you got to – he started going into I think you got your top-tier guys. If you can get one in round two, though, this year, it's a little bit different. And, you know, he went into it. and He's like in a PPR league. Yeah, I'm like, someone's feeding him this. He's been in jail oh, yeah. for the last few years. Yeah. Or that's no, all they're, he they're did playing in jail. fantasy. Exactly what I was going to say. Yes. They've got to be – they've got to have like ten leagues. Do you think, do you think, how do you, do they have access to the internet? Yeah. 2019? I've never been to prison. I wouldn't give, I don't know if I would give people, like it depends on the crime, I guess. Sure. But you know, they're sneaking in phones. Haven't you watched uh, Orange is the New Black? I've watched the first season. So, Bob Johnson, the only player in Bengals history to wear number 54. We're going to take a quick break and talk about a current center on the Bengals wearing a number in the 50s. Going into his second year from Ohio State, I'm sure you all know who he is. We'll be right back. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. 
Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. If you know this song then you know the price is right, and that means you watch daytime television for the last 40 years, right? That has to be one of the longest-running shows. I loved the price is right when I was homesick from school. You know, whenever I go to, like, the hospital or the doctors or anything like that, it's always, it's you always can on. guarantee it's going to be on. Who's hosting the price is right these days? Wayne Brady? It's not Drew Carey anymore? Oh, it hasn't been Drew Carey for a while, I don't think. Well, then, I guess I haven't been to the doctors in a while. I think the last time I watched it, it was Wayne Brady. Which is kind of weird. Why? Wayne Brady's cool. What's Wayne Brady do? He's just a, he's a comedian, right? So that's exactly what he he's doing right now is what he does. Yeah, game show host, comedian, charismatic yeah. person. Whose line is it anyway? I loved whose line is it anyway for a while there. It's a good it's show. Funny. funny. It is funny. So we're gonna talk about football too. Billy Price wears 53 for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, The latest, you know, the second latest, I guess, in the line of injured first-round Cincinnati Bengals draft picks who now going into his second year, we hope he's on the William Jackson side of things more than he's on the Darquez Denard side of things. You know, we should really look into that, huh? Because even I have posted, like, okay, this guy's played only 250 snaps, 70 snaps, 100 snaps, rookie years. I mean, it goes back pretty far uh but i don't know that we've all looked at year two to see how these guys perform and how they bounce back is it a william jackson really the only high-end success story or is it more in the lines of when they're hurt it's it's a huge detriment to their careers i think it is generally a detriment to their careers we can look at the last few first round picks though right so of the bengals yeah yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, you can think of the last few. And Cedric Oboye, obviously, never. But he was a bad prospect. I think Billy Price is a much better prospect than Oboye was. But, but Oboye, he might have had a chance if he wasn't hurt. I agree. It's a huge blow to your development. Missing and... that first year, yeah. Missing that first training camp is rough. And that's happened to seemingly, I mean, as, as John O'Brien. Currently happening. Yeah. It, it, it is happening. To, yeah, every first-round Bengals pick right. for the last how many years? John Ross, his year two was, eh, he had moments, but overall it's not what, I want to put it on the good side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, before that was Obwehi, or William Jackson, which we know year two was fantastic. Obwehi, Darquez Denard, which he has never, it seems like he's had a cap on his ceiling. But and I felt Drake that way before Patrick, he was drafted. the year before that? Yeah. No, Eifert was healthy his rookie year. 
and then Drake Kirkpatrick the year before that, and he just didn't play. He was just benched. Yeah, but he dealt with injuries. Oh, right. Yeah, he was injured, too. Yeah, he, he had a bunch of little nagging things, and it went in year two for him also. Yeah. So, Billy Price was another name on that list. It has been pretty detrimental, I'd say, to the Bengals' long-term success, missing a year from every first-round pick, essentially, for the last eight years. No doubt about it. For a team that acquires talent, their major acquisition is their first-round pick. They've gotten nothing out of those guys for a long time now. And, and it's it's hard. It's hard to be... I mean, no matter who you are, no matter how you acquire talent, a way to acquire premium talent in the NFL is your first-round pick, and it's been tough for the Bengals. Yeah. It's especially true for the Bengals, though, right? Am I wrong on that? Because it's not yeah. like they're going out to get a free agent. Their yeah, best I mean, it's not free agent was John Miller. No, I'm just but, saying but, more yes. specifically for them. Yeah, compared to, like, the Eagles or... Other teams with creative front offices. Yeah. That they may make players. a trade. They may sign a guy. Yeah. Agreed. Billy Price, though, is a, an Ohio guy through and through. Hometown is Austintown, Ohio, which I've never heard of. Played defensive line, and I guess he switched to offensive line at, at Ohio State University. Is he a wrestler also? I heard that horn. That's your yeah, house, not mine. There's a horn going on. <laughs> that was outside. like an old uh, dune buggy horn. It sounded like a pretty normal horn to me. No, it sounded like Baruga. Okay. All right. I'll take it. It's not my horn. I don't know. He was a track and field athlete, discus and shot put. I don't see that he was necessarily a wrestler, but it doesn't mean he wasn't. He looks like a wrestler. What's that? Like mean? if he turns to the side and he had cauliflower ear, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. He plays like a wrestler. He likes guys in tight. He wants to pull you in. He wants to wrestle you. And I've used that before, but maybe that's why I thought he was. He, he ended up playing 558 snaps last year, which isn't bad in comparison to some of the other guys. Yeah. But he was definitely um, weakened by it. Yeah. In or playing first, not 100%. Yeah. Pack, shoulder, arm. What was it? It was a pack last year, wasn't it? Rip, he, he it pack. was a pack. And then it was, well, he had leg stuff during the season, right? Yeah, ankle, foot. Yeah. Lower leg, and this is this. We should be more specific than this. But it, those two things are going to sap you in other ways. From one, obviously your strength, upper body, and then your mobility. So, yeah. I think and it definitely anchor. hurt him. Yeah, I think in terms of that. Now everyone, as we were talking, like like Andre Weingarten from yesterday's episode said, it's hard to evaluate a guy when he's trying to play through an injury because you're taking him at face value because everybody's playing through some sort of injury. If you say you can play, well, then you can play, and I expect you to play well. Having said that, um, he was dealing with injury, and there were times where I thought he looked worse than I thought remembered him in college. So because of that, I do think there is, and I wasn't one to say he had a, he had a high upside or a high ceiling, but I do think he definitely can play better than he did last year, and he needs to. But I think everybody, even if you didn't think he was a first-round center, and I don't think we did that year, right? It was the James no. Daniels, Frank Ragnow. Those yeah, were the those guys. Those were the two guys. You wanted them to target in the first round if they were going to take a center, but Billy Price as a consolation prize in the second round would have been okay. Hundred percent. Nobody yes, had had they traded back or whatever, and still was able to acquire Billy Price. Yeah, I think everyone would have looked at it much differently. The fact is, though, that I think we started to zone in on Ragnow. He went one pick ahead of them, yeah. and then for whatever reason, they weren't interested in, in James Daniels at that spot. And, it, I mean, anyone you talked to said Daniels, extremely high upside, 20 years old, yeah. 
that's the guy you want to target if you want a Pro Bowl type center. And he ended up going in the second round, right? Yeah. Yep. So there you go. There's where the NFL is on centers, I guess. Yeah. So Billy Price last year, we talked about the the penalties for Bobby Hart and and for um, Alex Redman. In under 600 snaps, Price had seven penalties, which on a per-snap basis is, I think it's behind Redman and, and ahead of Bobby Hart. So it was up there for him, too, in terms of um, that's it's a clip that you definitely want to see him improve on. And you think he would. That's something that you would maybe expect to see some improvement on from rookie to second year. Something you would expect to see some improvement on if, you know, he's playing with a gimpy leg and as a result is, is catching on to guys. But I think a lot of them were of the pre-snap variety, which you really don't want to see from your center. Definitely not. If anything, who should know the snap count? It's the center. It's the center quarterback, right? My, my well, favorite false start calls in the NFL are false start, everyone but the center. Yes. You remember no those? No doubt about it. Yeah. Those are the best. Those are funny. But he, he only gave up one sack and 10 total pressures in what is but this? But he's a center. Uh, so to put right. that in context, so then, it's the easiest position to pass block for on the offensive line. Yep. And in about 350 snaps, you would hope he could double this amount of snaps if he plays an entire season. That would equate to, again, he was injured and a rookie, but 20 pressures and um, two sacks, and I think we could handle that. It's something that we'd like to get better. But he had a bunch of games where he graded pretty high from BFF. He had an 83.4 grade versus the Chargers in uh, week 14 in pass protection. A few people had good good grades against the Chargers that week. Yeah. That was one yeah, of the better they, weeks for the offensive line. Their interior uh, D-line isn't something that uh, was scaring anyone. But the first two weeks... Versus India, 68, and then a 78 versus Baltimore. And then he was injured that week, too, obviously. So only 19 snaps there. So I think for Billy Price, you know, you, you hope at this point, second-round centers are starting all over the NFL. Even oh, yeah. if he's a second-round guy that they took in the first round. They also got, that was the Joe Mixon year, right? Yeah. So if you come out of the no, first. No, 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 I'm sorry. If Billy Price was last year, is that what you're saying? Joe oh, Mixon yeah. was uh, John Ross here. Last year was Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates. No. Yeah. yeah. Man. This isn't even long ago. It's just confused. So if you come out of the draft last year with a second-round center and Jesse Bates, if he's as good as we think he can be, you're pretty okay with those first two rounds. Right. It's just they took Billy Price in the first round instead of James Daniels, who maybe is going to be a better player. We'll have to see. We'll see. Right now, Daniels are also uh, – had a chance to play guard the rookie year. Right. They're moving the center in year two. That's a very, very common move for NFL teams to uh, not throw that guy into the fire at center as a rookie. And I thought even the Bengals should have maybe relieved some of that pressure on Price last year, allowed him to play guard, and then moved him to center this year if that was the ultimate goal. And quite a few people would still like to see him at guard and see, you know, Trey Hopkins playing center or even giving Christian Westerman snaps to center is another suggestion I've seen to move Billy Price to guard. And I think you need to give Price another shot at center before you start talking about, okay, maybe we need to move him to guard because maybe the mental bit isn't there if that's why you have to move him. What if Price or I mean, what if Westerman and Jerry bomb in camp in preseason? Then just put Hopkins a left guard. Just put Hopkins there and keep rolling. Yeah, I think so. That's a fine suggestion. I just if they also went the other way and put Price there and put Hopkins at center, I wouldn't bat an eye either. I'd say okay. 
Good. Sure. I, I like the aggressiveness. I, I think the, the the issue with that plan, and it's not a big issue, but the issue is just the price is going to be practicing at center. Right. And, and Hopkins you know, will probably do everything. And probably, yeah, he'll probably do everything. He'll be the primary backup center. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. He's yeah. the sixth man. I mean, whoever goes down, I think at this point, if they had to line up today, Hopkins will be the first guy off the bench at right. whatever position. Right. And they and they need to sign a tackle, which we've talked about. Right. So we expect, I think, that Billy Price can at least be an average center in the NFL, correct? Yes, correct. And and there's upside to be a little bit better. Yes. Yes, he, he, there is. Despite the fact that he wasn't our favorite center from last year, doesn't mean that he can't be good. Right. I didn't think he was a bum. That's the thing is that, you know, people get confused or go too crazy, too drastic one way or the other. Either you love a guy or you hate him, right? He's, he's either the best or he's the worst. I didn't feel that way with Price. I didn't feel – I definitely didn't think he, he, he was trash, but I, I definitely didn't think he was going to be an all-pro type center. And because I hammered that home, because you have to sometimes with the Ohio State fans, you know, you got to kind of set the a realistic expectation for them. Not that I have to, but they almost demand you when you're talking any type of analysis on a player that you, you try and be as honest as possible. Um, so you end up battling people down on price and resetting the expectation. But that doesn't mean we don't like him. And that doesn't mean he didn't show at least that he can be a serviceable center last year. It just means that uh, they need him to be a serviceable guy. They need him to be at least average. And it, because looking at the O line now, I mean, without Jonah Williams, he's their highest drafted guy again. He's their most talented lineman. He needs to play like it. He and Cordy Glenn need to really lead that unit. And that yeah. means Cordy Glenn needs to be healthy. He was a Rivington Award winner, which goes to the best college center. He, wa- he won it the year after Pat Elfheim won it for Ohio State. Ryan Kelly won the year before for Alabama, and in 2018, this most recent year, Garrett Bradbury won it for NC State. Who's the last Remington Award-winning center on the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe? Hmm. Is it going to be someone from a long time ago, or is it fairly recent? It's not that long ago. The award started in 2000. Hmm, then it's uh, definitely 100% Russell Boating. Jonathan Leagues, fourth-round pick, I believe, from Arkansas. Arkansas. Yep, you're right. I remember that now. I remember being pretty like hopeful for that pick because he was a Remington Award winner. They've this is a good time to talk about the recent history of drafting centers. It's been bad for them. For the Bengals, yeah, yeah. From Eric Geichek, remember they they allowed Eric Geichek to play. If you don't remember, he was the Russell Bodine of the mid two thousands, and they allowed him to start three and a half years. Basically, he was injured that final year, uh, and he was terrible. He killed the offense. All the time. I mean, Russell Bodine type stuff. And then he went into free agency and no one had any interest. He, he'd never played another game in the league. I, he also got hurt. I think I think the Chargers brought him on for camp. Uh, he got hurt, and that was it for him. And he never played. But the Bengals gave him nearly four years. They drafted Jonathan Luigs. I don't think he ever really got a chance to play. He got hurt. Uh, they ended up leaning to Kyle Cook. And then Russell Bodine pick came in a couple years after Cook started. Cook had a short shelf life as an undrafted guy, gave them decent time. But uh, uh, we know Bodine, they gave him the same type of leash. You got four years to start, and then really he got no interest out there from the Bills. He's no longer a starter in the league. Uh, and the Bengals went with Billy Price in the first round. We just, I mean, it's kind of scary to think of the history that either you're on the side of, well, they got to get it right eventually, or something is wrong with the scouting of centers on this team. Could be. It could be that you know they they hadn't invested a high draft pick. It's been fourth round guys every year, right? 
So right. now they got a first round guy. Maybe it's not the fir- best first round option, but it's a first round guy nonetheless. You hope he can go out there, be at least average, hopefully better than average, and that's that's pretty much it, right? Uh, yeah. you, you hope that he develops and and isn't another Jonathan Luigs or or Russell Bodine or or Eric Guycheck or whatever you want to say, because it is it is bleak, and everyone says, man. Got to get Rich Bram back out there. But, you know, it's been Rich Bram, Kyle Cook. Those are the only two remotely yeah, even, bright spots out there. And Cook was a year and a half. Then the other year and a half, it seemed you he was definitely wearing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luigs played eight games for the Bengals before he was waived after one season with the team. Amazing. Billy Price will not suffer the same fate. He will almost certainly play out his rookie contract, knock on wood. And uh, that, that'll do it probably for today's countdown to kickoff, Joe. That's it for me. All right. Well, until tomorrow, we're going to get back to a mailbag. First one in two weeks. We hope you have some fun things for us to talk about tomorrow. We'll put that tweet out tomorrow morning. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.